Welcome to CLCC Online. We pray that this message draws you towards Jesus and strengthens your walk with Him. We believe that we were meant to do life in community. So if you live in the Fraser Valley area, we would love to get you connected into the family. Find everything you need at clcc.ca. Enjoy. Hello, CLCC. My name is Andrew Evans, and I'm one of the leadership council members here at the church. And today is kind of a unique uh, moment for us. For the past 30 years, since the beginning of our church, we've only known one lead pastor. And a few years back, around 2018, Pastor Jim approached the pastoral staff and the leadership council and began to talk about this idea of succession planning. And so understanding the importance of that, they began a process that has led us here to today. In fact, in June last summer, as a church, we voted in Pastor Troy as our new lead pastor, effective January 1st. And so now today, we're going to have a celebration of that transition called the Passing of the Torch, where Pastor Jim is going to pass a mantle of leadership to Pastor Troy. Something that reminds me of Moses and Joshua. When Joshua was about to lead the Israelites, Moses passed the mantle of leadership to, onto him. I'm going to invite Pastor Jim to come up now and say a few words. Well, this is exciting. It's kind of like uh, passing the torch or passing the baton, the responsibility for leadership at CLCC, and I'm excited to do that. And, you know, in any relay race, that transfer of the baton or that transfer moment is, is really critical in the race. But the person who receives the baton or the torch is either at a great disadvantage at that moment or a great advantage at that moment. Because it depends on the person who's run before, whether he's handing it off with the, in good stead or not. And I think we're handing it off in good stead. And uh, we're, we're giving to this to you with God's blessing and our prayer and our hope that God continue to bless CLCC. Now, when you pass on the torch, it's, it's not as if that I am passing on to you my giftings. Because my gifts aren't mine to pass on. Uh, our gifts are received from the Lord. And so what we're trusting is that God will give you the gift of leadership and uh, of uh, knowledge and understanding and grace and compassion and all those things to lead our church through this next generation to this next stage and what God wants us to be. So that's our prayer. That's our trust. That's our hope. And that's our belief. So we're going to have Terry lead us in prayer. All right. So church family, join us in prayer together. Father, as we stand here today, our hearts are filled with gratitude and thanksgiving for your faithfulness to CLCC. We thank you for Pastor Jim and Maureen Lucas and their family who responded to your call to come to Abbotsford over 30 years ago and start a new church plant that came to be known as Christian Life Community Church and eventually expanded to include campuses in Abbotsford and Aldergrove. We thank you for Pastor Jim's gifted leadership through the years, and we want to honor him and his family, asking that you would bless them as they continue to serve among us in this new changing season. Father, your goodness and faithfulness toward us has also been evident in sending Pastor Troy Nielsen to us, along with his wife Andrea and their family, to take up the role of lead pastor at CLCC. Today we celebrate what we would call the passing of the torch 
the mantle of leadership from Pastor Jim to Pastor Troy. We ask, Father, that your favor, blessing, and protection would be upon Pastor Troy and his family as they continue to settle here among us and as Troy takes up his new leadership role. We would also ask that you would grant him wisdom and understanding in the days ahead to know your will and to hear your voice. Lord Jesus, you are our life. CLCC belongs to you. So as we take new steps into the future, in a changing and broken world that's in desperate need of hope, thank you that you are going before us to lead us. Help us to walk into the very purposes you designed us for, as we can't help but recognize that we're all here for such a time as this. Lord, as we stand here at this significant moment in time, as the gathered church family at CLCC, we commit ourselves afresh to you, to follow the leading of your spirit, to work side by side with our leadership and Pastor Troy, to build your kingdom and see many people brought to Jesus. Grant to us one heart and one mind as we go forward together. And it's in your name and for your glory that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hi, everybody. Thank you for welcoming us into your home. And a special shout out to Aldergrove CLCC. I trust you're having a great Sunday. Well, this Sunday, we're celebrating this, this fact that we are passing the torch, that we're handing over the leadership of CLCC to Pastor Troy Nielsen. And uh, the passage of scripture that has come to my mind as I've thought about this over the last uh, weeks and months is from Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 to 9. If you remember the part of Israel's history that this is uh, pertaining to, is that Israel has been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, because of disobedience, uh, everybody who was in that original group that came out of Egypt is now gone, uh, has passed away, and only Joshua and Caleb are left. Even Moses has passed away, and they're just about to cross the Jordan River to enter the Promised Land and to... Uh, uh, basically claim it as the, the land uh, that is going to be their inheritance. And so that's the passage we're looking at. Moses is referred to in the story, in this part of the story, as the servant of the Lord. He's died. Joshua is now in charge. And the Lord is speaking here. But this is very similar to Moses' speech in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1 to 8, where he charges Joshua with the responsibility of uh, leading the children of Israel. And the key themes in this text you'll see as I read it are to be strong and courageous and that the Lord will be with them. So here's the text, Joshua 1, verse 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every piece, every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left 
that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, wonderful opportunity to talk about transition and, and new leadership and uh, uh, new beginnings at uh, CLCC. So, Father, I pray that you would use your word. I pray that we would take it to our heart. We would uh, keep it in our minds and that we would meditate on it and that we would obey your word, follow your instructions, and thank you for this encouragement to be strong and courageous and that you never leave us and that you never forsake us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, if you are following along in that passage, you will have noticed that Joshua had to have strength and courage on three fronts. There was a repeated phrase throughout that passage, be strong and courageous, three times. First of all, he had to be strong and courageous because it says in verse 6, because you will lead these people. Now, if you had been following along in the story of Israel, you will have noticed or perhaps recognized that when the Lord refers to these people, he's basically a code word or a code phrase for something like, keep in mind who you're dealing with here. <laughs> Remember the lessons of the past. In other words, these people is almost a, a comment to say, hey, you remember the struggles that Moses had with these folks? You're going to have similar struggles, and you are going to have to be strong and courageous in order to lead them. Remember the struggles that Moses had of the people complaining about the manna, and they complained about the water, they complained about his leadership, they wanted to go back to Egypt, and all of those things. Uh, leading people is never easy. There's always struggles, there's always challenges, and we need to be strong and courageous. And this is my encouragement for our leadership team, our new leadership team, to be strong and courageous. Uh, God's promises are not magically delivered. Uh, just because God has promised us uh, that, that we would have victory or that we would overcome certain challenges, it doesn't mean that faith and perseverance and hard work are not necessary. And perhaps that's one of the surprises that, that I have learned through my pastoral ministry, that although we know that we're right in the center of God's will, it still can be difficult and challenging and require faith and perseverance. Remember when we first started out as a church, as a, as a life group, we started with a barbecue in our, in our, at our, in our backyard, and then it moved to someone else's house, and, and then we moved to the basement of the chapel at the college, and we moved to a rent facility, and eventually we bought property. At every step along the journey, although we felt that this was what God was asking us to do, we felt God's direction, it didn't happen magically. It didn't help happen without work and faith and perseverance and being strong and courageous in the middle of it. So we know that, that even though we're in the center of God's will, even though that we are, uh, God is with us and that he is fulfilling what he has desired, there's going to have to be hard work and faith and perseverance. God's promises are worked out in the midst of storms and stresses, daily work, and real living. And this is not just true for the church. This is true for our family life. This is true for our work life. Uh, God has a great plan and a great future for us, uh, but it doesn't happen automatically. It requires us to practice our faith and our perseverance and to do all the hard work necessary. Leadership, 
of families, of business, of the church or sports team requires strength and courage. Uh, whatever you learn to uh, get to the place you are now uh, won't be sufficient to take you to the next chapter of your life. You have to learn new skills. You have to learn new lessons. Uh, the people of God are, are wonderful to lead, but we have to be strong and courageous in the leadership of them. And, and sometimes we don't understand in the church that uh, the people of the church are the staff of the church. So sometimes we, we divide the church into, well, we have staff, and then we have a bunch of people in the community of the church. Actually, everybody who belongs to our church is a staff member of our church. Some are paid staff members, and some are unpaid staff members. And this is really important to keep in mind. And, and as the leader of a huge staff, so then we have hundreds of people on our staff, it's, it's, it's a challenging position to be in, to lead a bunch of people who are volunteering, because it's a little different than leading people who are being paid. In fact, uh, uh, business folks tell us that uh, the leadership of nonprofits and the leadership of volunteers is the hardest job uh, compared to leadership in business or leadership in the military, for example, because you can't say to a volunteer, okay, if you don't do that, you're not going to get paid, or as in the military, or if you're not going to do that, uh, get down and give me 10, uh, because volunteers just don't work that way. And so the challenge of leading uh, a huge staff of people or endeavoring to uh, be the people of God and do the things that God has called us to be is a, is a great challenge, and it will require strength and courage. The second front where uh, Joshua is challenged to be strong and courageous, it says, be strong and very courageous, be careful to obey. Now notice, this is not just courageous, this is very courageous in verses 7 to 8. Disobedience is more dangerous than the Canaanites to Joshua. And so the challenge here is that you're going to be facing lots of opposition. There's going to be lots of battles to be fought when you go into the promised land. But you have to remember the most important thing for you to do is to obey the word of the Lord. Fidelity often takes more courage than physical battle. So there's, there's not a, a, a challenge here to Joshua, be strong and courageous when you go into the battle. No, be strong and courageous when you think about the Word of God and endeavor to obey the Word of God, because this is where the real battle lies. You see, integrity is not passive. Integrity is active. If we are obedient, if we're to have integrity with our obedience to the Scripture, it will require us to be active. You can't be good by doing nothing. I think sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that because we didn't do something, we've been good. Uh, goodness, moral goodness, is always active. When we see someone who believe, we believe to be a good person, it's not because they have been passive. It's because we've seen them do something in, in a moment, in a, in a, in a critical phase, in a, in a, at a place in their life where things were challenging, and we've seen them behave well, and we've seen their goodness come out in their actions. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meditate on it, and day and night. Now, there's, there's a little trick in the translation here. It says, says, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Why was the Bible in Joshua's mouth, we might say. How, how does that make any sense? The book of the law depart from your mouth. It's because up until the 10th century, people didn't read silently. Uh, they muttered as they read. They voiced the words as they read. So uh, the word meditate is actually the word mutter. 
So don't stop muttering the Word of God. In other words, it's not just enough to think about the Word of God, but we must have it on our lips, uh, think about it, concentrate on it, meditate on it. Uh, just as people back in those days muttered as they read. So the encouragement here is to never stop muttering, never stop meditating, never stop vocalizing, never stop bringing to mind the Word of God. We would say today, keep it in mind, ponder it, practice the Word of God. Now, this is all great Old Testament theology. Uh, uh, talks about victory over physical battles, that, that when Joshua goes into the Promised Land, that nothing will be able to stand against them. And you know the stories of Jericho and, and the other cities that they conquered. Uh, this promise about physical battles in the New Testament the promise is not about physical battles, the promise is about spiritual battles, because our warfare uh, in the New Testament covenant is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and authorities. And so the promise in New Testament terms wouldn't be that we're going to fight a battle and win it physically, but rather that there will be spiritual forces and spiritual battles that we need to win, and we're going to need strength and encouragement. Keep the Word of God faithfully and the, we'll win those victories, we will win those spiritual battles, and uh, we will take the people of God where they need to go. It also says to keep the Word of God faithfully, and, and that's great Old Testament theology, because in the Old Testament they had the Word of God, and they had a few individuals who would hear the Spirit of the Lord and announce to the people what the Lord is saying. New Testament theology has the Holy Spirit coming to the people of God so that we all receive, so that we all hear the Spirit. And the Apostle Paul and Jesus would, would put this a little bit different in New Testament terms after the uh, advent of the Holy Spirit coming. I remember John chapter 20, verse 22, where Jesus breathes on the disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Or when the Apostle Paul talks to Timothy about leadership and he says, stir up the gifts in you in 2 Timothy 1.6. In other words, in the New Testament understanding of uh, leadership transition or what we hope the new leadership would gain is it would say, not only be faithful to the word of God, but also be sensitive and faithful to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit needs to fill us, empower us and guide us and lead us. It's the Word and the Spirit that bring life and vitality. Now, the third front where Joshua is challenged to be faithful is he is called to be strong and courageous. He says, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, and that's in verse 9. So the first front was to be strong in leadership. The second front is to be strong in the Word and the Spirit, we might add, and how the third front is to be strong in emotional strength. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Fear and discouragement are two of the devil's main weapons. Recently, we've heard in the United States a couple of pastors who have committed suicide. And, and what uh, we're hearing from uh, statistical analysis and surveys among pastors is that, that pastoring is one of the most stressful occupations that people have in this age that we live in today. And uh, it's, it's uh, really important to understand that stress and dis discouragement and stress can be, can be uh, burdens that weigh down people in leadership. You see, spiritual attack, though, uh, rarely looks demonic. 
it, it looks and often feels like it comes from natural causes. It, it could feel very much and, and very much present itself as a, as a physical uh, illness or perhaps as a, uh, a criticism from someone in the congregation or perhaps as a financial uh, challenge that the church is going through. Uh, because often our spiritual attacks that we suffer, it doesn't, they don't often appear to be outrightly demonic, but in fact the devil is behind some of these things, and, and his job or his role or his desire is to create fear and discouragement among the leadership. And we need to hold our leaders up in prayer that they would be strong in the Lord and that they would have courage in the midst of this. Every believer, listen, every one of us will battle fear and discouragement. And the antidote is in our text. It says, for the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. The Lord. Remember the character of God? Remember his faithfulness? Remember his power? Remember his ability uh, to help us overcome? It says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you, in verse 5. Now, if you had been following the text carefully, you'll have noticed that when it introduces Joshua, he says, Mo, or Moses, it says, Moses is the servant of the Lord. But he introduces Joshua this way, Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aide. Now, the word Nun here doesn't mean N-O-N-E. Nun is actually a name. The son of Nun, it's not a derogatory comment. The son of Nun, he is Moses' aide. So on the one hand, we have Moses, the servant of the Lord, and we have Joshua, Moses' aide. But is Moses real, or is Joshua really Moses' aid? Is, is that all he is? Well, by the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 24, verse 29, Joshua is actually the servant of the Lord. And it's a wonderful transition to see that when, that when the responsibility of leadership comes on Joshua, he becomes the servant of the Lord, just as Moses was the servant of the Lord. Well, so what? Well, I think we all need strength and courage. I think that's the bottom line. And Pastor Troy and the, and the leadership team at CLCC will need strength and courage. They need to be assured of God's abiding presence. They need to be assured of the power of the Word, the power of the Spirit. They need to be assured of the character of the Lord God. He will always be with us. He will never forsake us. Do you remember the story of David and Goliath? Uh, David was, at most, an adolescent, looking after his father's flocks. There's a battle with the Philistines. David goes to the battlefield basically to bring lunches or dinners to his brothers who were in the battle, the battle. And, and Goliath, the giant, is standing out and challenging uh, the people of God, the army of God, and taunting them. And, and all of the Israelites are afraid and they're hiding because they don't think that they have a warrior who could compete with Goliath. And David, the, the young guy, he's, you know, um, he's, he's not fully grown. And he sees it and he says, hey, you know, what's the problem? Uh, God will give us the victory. And he brings, him, puts himself in a place where he says to the uh, Saul, who's the king, uh, and to his uh, commanders, I'll go, I'll, I'll take him. I've, I've fought a bear before. I've, I've, I've protected the flock. This is no problem because God is our Lord. He, he will protect us. He will enable us. 
And so Saul's commanders, you know, kind of look at David and say, well, poor guy, I guess we're kind of like feeding him through the wool, through the walls. And so they got Saul's armor and they took Saul's armor and they, they placed it on David. And, and Saul was a very large man. It's in fact, one of the reasons that Saul was chosen or one of his primary characteristics is that he stood head and shoulders above the other men in Israel. So he's a very tall guy. And when they put his armor on little David, it, it was so heavy, and it was way too big for him, that it kind of weighed him down, and he could hardly move. And he said, you know, this, this won't do. I, I can't fight with Saul's armor. Uh, and so he said, no, I'm going to go. I've got my slingshot and a few rocks, and, and that'll take care of it. You see, uh, Saul's armor wouldn't fit. And whatever gifts and whatever um, God has given me, won't fit the new leaders. They have to develop their own abilities. They have to develop their own gifts. They have to be led by God in the way God wants them to go. This wasn't David's style. It didn't fit him. Uh, David had to follow his own leadership trajectory, his own leadership pathway. And that's what we do when we transfer our leadership, our responsibilities to another person. We're not saying that this person is going to take our gifts and they're going to use those gifts. No, they're going to develop their own gifts, their own leading of, of the Lord, their own understanding of how God will shape their lives and use their giftedness to lead the people of God. And, and that's my prayer for uh, this leadership transition, that we would free uh, Pastor Troy to discover his own gifts and not burden him down with Saul's armor, burden him down with expectations of, of perhaps how Pastor Jim led or how perhaps Pastor Jim's gifts, but allow him to develop his own gifts, his own style, his own uh, trajectory into the future as we follow his leading, as he leads our church uh, through the pathway that God wants us to go. And uh, I, I know that we do not need to be afraid, that we can take great courage because the Lord is with us. Would you pray with me? So Father, we pray that we would, that we would truly understand that uh, strength and courage comes from you. We thank you, Lord, for Pastor Troy and for uh, this new position that he's taking on. And uh, thank you, Lord, that you will lead him, that you will guide him, that you will help him to be strong and to be courageous. Lord, I pray for all of us as we, as we follow his leading, as we free him to be the leader that uh, you have called him to be, that, uh, that you would uh, indeed help us with the spiritual battles that we will face and, and uh, really trust in your word and your spirit and, and the strength that comes from you and the character that you have demonstrated over the years and the character that you have demonstrated through leadership in our church and through the, uh, the various pathways that you've all led us, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you for your goodness in your lives. In our lives, we thank you for your blessing on us. And Lord, we pray that we would just be obedient to your spirit, that we would receive all that you have for us. In your name we pray, amen. Our doxology for today uh, is found from the book of Ephesians, and it says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us. If you are looking to get connected, we are one church in multiple locations. 
Our Alder Grove campus meets at Parkside Elementary School Sundays at 10.30. Our Abbotsford campus has three services each Sunday, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. We would love to see you at one of our in-person gatherings. If you would like to financially support us, you can always give at cscc.ca slash give. See you later. Thank you.